Hey, everybody, welcome today to Southside Online. Welcome home. Man, we exist. Our our mission at Southside is to build real followers of Jesus Christ. And we want to do that because we want to make it real easy to go to heaven from right here where God placed us in Northeast Georgia. And so we would love for you to help us do that. Come be a part. If you live in our area, if you live close to us, come to our Redstone campus, our Commerce campus, and get involved, man. Jump in and let's make a difference and see what God can do, not only in your life, but also in the lives of those that you know and love. And so we want to see God do that. We believe you. We believe real relationship happens when you know God, you find community in local biblical settings, you grow deeper in your faith, and that allows you to become a full, true disciple of Jesus, and you help people become disciples of Jesus. And so we want you to help us do that. Come on, join with us. Let's go. Today, we are continuing in a series that we're calling Foundations, Bill talking about it through the lens of Psalm 11, verse 3. David wrote, if the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? And so foundations are critical. Foundations are so critical to the, the, the stability, the survival, the longevity of a structure, of an organization, of a family, of a nation. And we see that today in our country with the, the, the anything goes kind of mindset, do whatever feels good, make up your own rules, anything is okay. The problem with that, that may sound good, may even feel good at times. The problem with that is it just doesn't work. You can't build a life, a family, a, a society, a nation, a church, nothing. You can't build anything on an anything goes, do whatever feels good kind of life. Sorry, you can't do it. Freedom is not found in the absence of rules. It's found in the presence of rules. And therefore, if that's the case, then I want to go to the source that is true. And it has truth, and it contains truth. It is truth for all people at all places in all times. It is consistent no matter where you go. And it is a truth that offers me free eternal, abounding, overwhelming joy in life. And that, I believe, is found through God the Father, the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, the presence of the Holy Spirit, and it can all be found through this book right here. This powerful book, the Bible, God's holy word, that offers you life, meaning, hope, joy, happiness. I mean, it is powerful. The fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Who wouldn't want that in their life? Who wouldn't want that in their life? It'd be real easy for me to stand here and, and, and say to this camera, preach to you about all the things that are what we're against and, and why, we should, why we're against these things and, and why those things are wrong. And one time, it wasn't long ago, I really felt like the Holy Spirit said this to me, just put it in my heart. Don't, don't, you don't have to stand up and preach against something. Why don't you just tell people what I'm for? Why don't you just tell them who I am and what my word will do in their life, what my presence will do for them, and how it will bring them true, meaningful, and overbounding life to, to, to their world. And so I believe that. And I want to share that with you. I want to tell you what God wants to do in your life, what God wants to produce. And so the foundations are critical. A foundation is, is this. Foundation is the base on which something stands. It's an underlying basis or principle for life. And so what kind of foundation are you building your life on? 
what is the, what is the base that you're standing on? What's the underlying basis or principle that you have for living life? And so when we talk about that and we look at the foundations of a society, of a culture, of a life, of a church, it's important to have things that, that you hold dear and hold close to you. At Southside, we have many statements, sayings, beliefs, values. But, but, but these are some of the ones that we've communicated that are just underlying leadership core principles of our church. God is worthy of our best. He is. He is just worthy of our best. Everything we do, work, everything we do or say, do it wholeheartedly, enthusiastically, like you're doing it for the Lord. God is worthy of our best. The gospel is our foundation. The Bible says, Paul wrote, he said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ because it's the power of God unto salvation for those who believe. The gospel is our foundation. People are our business. You matter to God. You just, just your presence here watching this, being a part of this with us, you matter. And I don't, I mean, that's why we do this. We do this because we believe that you matter. Somebody's going to watch. Somebody's going to tune in that's going to need something that I believe God will provide for you on this day at this time. It's exactly what you need. Why? Because you matter to God. If you matter to God, you matter to us. People are our business. Paul said, we loved you so much. We didn't give you just God's good news. We gave you our own life as well because you have become so dear to us. Today, today is a, is, is, is one that may appear a little different. It's called laughter is our medicine. But I, I, I believe this is a, a, a very important value for us to have. I want to come to church to enjoy God, not to endure God. I believe God is as much of a God of laughter as he is anything else. I believe it's real easy for us, and the church has probably done it. We've made God to be serious, too ser- or we've made God serious more than he is. Is there anything? And he is holy, yes. I mean, all of these different things. But, but I think an attribute that we can find in Scripture is God is a God of joy. God is a God of, 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 of one who wants to provide and bring happiness into your life. Laughter is good medicine. And so I want us to live this way. Laughter is our medicine. It's okay to laugh. It's okay to enjoy the Lord. It's okay to talk about the goodness of God in the land of the living. There's all kinds of scriptures that reference this. I love it. Proverbs 17, 22. A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. A cheerful heart is good medicine. In Psalm 31, 25, it says, She is clothed with dignity and and strength. She laughs without fear of the future. He will yet fill our mouth with laughter and your lips with shouts of joy. Job 8, 21. That's a big one. I mean, I love Job. It's my favorite book of the Bible. Not just kidding. But when I think about Job, I don't think about laughter. I think about pain, heartache, loss, uh, just all kinds of different things, bitterness, anger, all of these things. But yet in Job 8, 21, the Bible says, God will, fill, will yet fill your mouth with laughter and your lips with shouts of joy. Psalm 126, when the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dreamed. Our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues with songs of joy. Then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are filled with joy. 
And then finally, Psalm 30, it says, You have turned my mourning into joyful dancing. You have taken away my clothes of mourning, and you have clothed me with joy. Why? That I might sing praises to you and not be silent. O oh Lord my God, I will give you thanks forever. Those are powerful references, powerful points where you can look to the Bible and see that God is a God of praise, He's a God of joy, He's a God of dancing, He's a God of laughter. God wants to put those things in your life. Too many people are depressed. Too many people are filled with anxiety. Too many people are down and out rather than up and victorious. I'll kind of leave you with this one right here. I thought this was a great one to add about joy. But God will strike you down once and for all. <laughs> That's a great one to laugh at. No, it's not. It says he will pull you from your home and uproot you from the land of the living. Why is this something to rejoice at? I just thought it was funny. The righteous will see it and be amazed. They will laugh. They will laugh at God uprooting them, getting rid of them, destroying them. The righteous will look and laugh, and they'll say, look what happens to mighty warriors who don't trust in God. They trust their wealth instead, and they grow more and more bold in their wickedness. But I am like an olive tree, David wrote, thriving in the house of God. I will always trust in God's unfailing love. I think it's important to look at that. It's important to see and contrast the life of those who do not pursue godliness and the life of those who do. Because when you read the Bible, there is a great difference between the two. Today, laughter, happiness, and joy are amazing gifts from God. They are. They're amazing gifts from God. And if we want to experience these things, we've got to work hard at it. So looking at this, it's just definitions, it's just things about, about laughter. I've read about what does it mean to laugh. It means to show emotion with an explosive vocal sound. It means to find amusement or pleasure in something. It means to be the kind of person that inspires joy in others, to laugh. The benefits, there are obvious benefits of laughter, all kinds of health benefits. There's physical benefits, there's mental benefits, and there's social benefits. Check this out, Phys physical benefits of laughter. It boosts your immunity, it lowers stress, it decreases pain, it relaxes muscles, it protects the heart, and it burns calories. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know if it's working, but I need to do that constantly over and over and over again if it burns calories, all right? Those are are physical benefits, mental benefits. It adds joy and zest to life. It eases anxiety. It relieves stress. It improves your mood, and it strengthens your resolve just to laugh. The social benefits, it strengthens relationships. It attracts others, enhances teamwork, helps diffuse conflict, and promotes bonding. crazy benefits of laughter. Laughter truly is good medicine. Laughter, happiness, and joy, they're all amazing gifts from God. They are all gifts from God. And if we want to experience them, we've got to work hard at finding them, getting them, living in them, 
and continuing in them. Today, the message is called the hard work of happiness. Happiness is hard work. You got to work at it if you want to find it. In Philippians chapter 4, to use all of those references before, I love Philippians 4 because it's concise. It's about six verses of just, just great truth and great application that you and I can apply to our life for what reason? To be truly happy, to find true joy, to laugh to enjoy life, to be at peace, to have the peace of God and to have peace with God when it comes to every situation you face in life. Number one, several points today, check this out. Number one, the hard work of happiness. If I'm going to do anything, do this, rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. You can say that over again. Rejoice in the Lord. This is a a command from the Word of God for us as followers of God to do. Rejoice. Be joyful. Celebrate is another way to use this. I mean, you could use all kinds of words to reference this. You can laugh. You can be content. You can celebrate. You can worship. You can shout. You can be happy. Rejoice in the Lord. Too many people want to find joy and happiness apart from God rather than a relationship with, inside a relationship with God. Joy, peace, happiness, contentment, all of those things originate in a relationship with the God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That is where true joy is found. He says, rejoice in the Lord sometimes. He doesn't say that. He says, rejoice in the Lord always Always. How, how, how should I rejoice in the Lord? Always. In every situation, in everything you encounter, find the joy of God. I, I, he says, I will even say it again. I will repeat it. Rejoice with an exclamation. When was the last time that you truly could celebrate in the, in the, in the working of God in your life? I mean, listen, I'm a sports guy. I love sports. I love family. I love marriage. I love my children, my wife. I mean, I love the ministry. I love the church. I can celebrate in a lot of things. As a, as a fan of the, the state of Georgia, man, of the Georgia Bulldogs, I, we, we two-time national champions. The Braves won a World Series a few years ago. I mean, I think their own way to do it again. Georgia can win a third one. The Falcons, well, we don't worry about them. But nevertheless, I mean, you know, you've, got, you've seen a lot of things in the sports world world that you could celebrate with. Great. Awesome. Marriage, life, family, all things that you can celebrate. Our oldest daughter, she was engaged not long ago, and so there's all kinds of planning and things that happen with that. Why? Because it's a joyous celebration and occasion that is coming. And so we can rejoice in those things. Great. What about rejoice in trials and difficulties? What about praising God in the midst of a storm? What about finding joy in the midst of loss and heartache, difficulty and pain? Paul is writing this letter to a church, and he's writing from a prison, awaiting his execution. Paul's nearing the end of his life. 
He's chained up. He's in jail for his faith. And he's writing to people, encouraging them to be joyful. Doesn't make sense. How can a guy like that have joy when people that are free don't? Acts 16, Paul and Silas are locked up for their faith. They've been beaten. They've been tortured. Their bodies are are cut, bruised, all kinds of uh, things. and, And they're chained up, hands and feet, in a cell. Dirty, nasty, smelly with criminals, with the lowlifes of society. Paul and Silas are sitting there in the dark of night, late in the evening. And they're sitting there, maybe they're quiet. Maybe they're trying to just nurse their wounds and, I don't know, sanctified imagination. All of a sudden, you got Silas sitting over there going, "Mm -hmm, mm Again, I can hear Paul go, Silas, stop it. Shut up, Silas. Don't do that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know, saying, humming amazing grace. And Paul's like, just stop, Silas. I don't want to sing. I'm locked up in jail. Don't do it. That saved a wretch like me. You know, and maybe Paul just goes, ah, I was, was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. Maybe, maybe it was that. Maybe they were sitting there in chains in prison, and here's Paul and Silas, and Paul goes, joy, pump, pump it up, pain. Come on, you know, whatever. I don't know, sunshine and rain. I don't know what they're doing, but they start singing. They start singing and praising God in a cell, cut up, bruised. All they know is that they're going to be executed the next day, and they're worshiping. And an angel of the Lord comes and breaks the chains apart, tears the door off the prison cell, and God performs a miraculous miracle that night. What were they doing? Rejoicing in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. See, sometimes you and I need to learn the practice of rejoicing even when we don't feel like it. Smile, laugh. I mean, just some of the basic things of life that you and I can take and bring into a room. We can bring, we can bring comfort and joy and peace sometimes just by smiling. There's all kinds of health benefits to it, mentally, physically, socially. We know all of those things, but what about in the deep places of my life where anxiety, depression, fear, and doubt live? What if I could let joy emanate from there? What if if there was something deeper inside of me than those things? What if there was something deep within the core of my being that led to laughter, that led to joy, that led to happiness. Paul tells you how to do it. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. Rejoice even when you don't feel like it. Number two, be kind to everyone. Why? God is watching. God is watching. The Lord is watching. Be kind to everyone. Look at what he says. Let your graciousness, let your kindness, let your grace Flowing from you, be known to everyone. Why? The Lord is near. God is here. We don't have to just let God. God doesn't just live in this building. I know in the church world we say this is God's house, and there is a lot of there is a lot of references to that in Scripture. But so is this. 
The Bible says that my body is the temple of the whole of, of the is the temple of God, and the Holy Spirit resides in me. So that means God goes where I go. God is everywhere. He's all knowing, all powerful, and all present. And so the Lord is near everywhere you go. How would it change your life and the people around you if you let your graciousness be known to everyone? It doesn't say just to those that you like, just to those that are happy with you, just to those that that like you back. No, he says, let your graciousness be known to everyone. Those in traffic, those at the grocery store, those at the restaurant, those at family reunions, those at work, wherever you go. He says, let your graciousness be known to everyone. Why? God is near. Graciousness means selflessness, a spirit ready to yield in anything that is simply of self over to the Lord. See, a lot of times we tell people, start with what you have. No, don't start with what you have. Start with Jesus. Rejoice in the Lord always. Let, let his, the wealth of his resources spring up within you. His grace, his strength, his joy, his peace. See, instead, and before you lash out, look up. Before you lash, lash out, look in. Find the graciousness that God gave to you with grace he loved you and gave his life for you. And extend grace to others because without the grace of God, I would be nothing but a condemned, worthless sinner on my way to hell. But because of the grace of God, I'm free, I'm alive, I'm whole, I'm complete. I am, I am saved because Jesus loved me. Here, you have to accept grace if you want to be able to give grace. See, this is about the hard work of happiness. It's hard work. This is not easy. If laughter is our medicine, then, then, then I, I don't want to just fake laughter. I, I, I want to laugh from the inner places of my being. I want to enjoy life. I'm going to tell you, life is hard. Life for me the past few years has been very difficult some very dark times in my life and, and just, just in my heart, in my mind. I'm trying. Some, so many times I feel like I'm trying to climb out of, a, out of a dark hole, a deep hole, and some of these things are so applicable in my world today. And I think, man, what, what would it look like to rejoice in the Lord always? I'll say it again, rejoice. God, give me your perspective on things. But even though I may walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you're with me. God, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Let your graciousness be known to everyone. Why? Because God is near. And if you want to accept grace, you've got to be able to, you've got to, if you, if you have to accept it if you want to give it. Number three, he says, don't worry. Don't worry. Talk about an application today. Don't worry. Be thankful for it and give it to the Lord. Don't worry about it. Be thankful for it and give it to the Lord. Look at what Paul says, Philippians 4, verse number 6. He says, don't worry about anything. Don't worry about anything. I love this quote. This is a great quote. Worry does not empty tomorrow of its sorrow. It empties today of its strength. See, worry is an inside job. 
It takes more than good intentions to get past it. Whenever we find ourselves worrying, our first action should be to get along with God and worship. Because God can take our worry and he can turn it around into something different. Don't worry about anything, Paul said, but in everything. Don't worry about anything. We worry about everything because we don't trust God in anything. And he said here, he said, turn that around. He said, don't worry about anything because you trust God with everything. He said, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, prayer. God, I'm going to pray. I'm going to seek you. I'm going to ask you to work and move. Petition. God, I'm petitioning you for you to move in these situations. I'm going to be thankful. I'm going to live with thanksgiving because of who you are and what you're doing in and through my life. I want to let my request be made known to God. And he says, when you do that, he says, then the peace of God, which surpasses every thought, will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. He said, man, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Be thankful for it and give it to God. See, we hold on to the wrong things. So so much of this is, 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 is about, so much of life is us holding on to the wrong things. I need to let go of things so I can hold on to Jesus and trust his work in my life. Listen, this, let your worship overwhelm your worry. Do you just worship when you go to church? When was the last time you, you, you went on Spotify or Pandora or just a radio station that plays worship music? You find some good hymns that you used to listen to as a kid or going to church early on. Or maybe you find some newer worship, contemporary worship, that you can just put on your radio, turn it up, and just let it drown out everything. Doing something like this, listening to this on a podcast or, or just a, a radio and, and being able, your computer, to be able to take the Word of God and let someone speak it into your life. And then pray that. Let your worship overwhelm your worry. Don't worry. Instead, Paul said, be thankful for it and give it to the Lord. The next one says, focus on the right things. Let's focus on the right things. What are the right things? He says this. He says, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. If there is any moral excellence and if there is any praise, think about that. Let's think about those things. What is true? What centers on Jesus and corresponds to reality? Noble. What lifts the mind above the world's dirt and scandal? Right. That which is fair to all parties involved. Pure. That which leads from sexual acts to normal thought, noble thoughts and actions. Lovely. What brings people together in peace rather than separating them and fighting. Admirable. Something worthy of praise and approval. Excellent. Bringing the best out of everything. Praise worthy, that which refers to that which deserves human praise. See, when you sow a thought, you reap an action. When you sow an action, you reap a habit. When you sow a habit, you reap a character. And when you sow a character, you reap a destiny. Powerful. This is like being the air traffic controller over your mind. If it's not true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable, don't let it in. Too many of us are allowing the enemy to land cargo planes of junk into our life, onto our runway, and unload them onto the tarmac and bog us down. 
When we fill our minds with the wrong things, the right ones have no room to enter. Man. See, happiness is hard work. You got to rejoice in the Lord. You got to rejoice. Be kind to everyone. Don't worry. Be thankful. Focus on the right things. And finally, he says, watch, listen, learn, repeat. Watch, listen, learn, repeat. Look at what he says. Do what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. Watch, listen, learn, repeat. Do what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. Watch, listen, learn, repeat, and the God of peace will be with you. Wow. He already said the peace of God will transcend every thought into the Lord Jesus Christ. The peace of God will rest on my life. Why? Because the God of peace will be with me. How do I do that? Watch, learn, listen, repeat. See, life is not about getting through it in order to get to Jesus. Mm -mm. Life is about meeting Jesus where you are. And so today, if you want God to do something new in your life, (laughs) you can't keep doing the same old thing. You got to do something different. We work hard. We work hard at so many things. We work hard at work. We work hard at play. We work hard at making money. We work hard at a lot of those things. Some people work hard on their health. Some people work hard on whatever. Whenever we work hard on all kinds of things. We just don't work hard on our happiness. The hard work of happiness. We're searching for it in all the wrong things. We find it in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. Be kind to people. Don't worry. Be thankful. Praise God for it. Focus on the right things. Watch. Listen. Learn. Repeat. And the God of peace will be with you always. Would you bow your head with me? Listen, if we can help you, if we can help you in some way, grow your faith, strengthen your walk with God, Let us know. Reach out to us in the comment section. You can go to southside.online. You can reach out to our staff. We would love to help you. Come visit us at one of our locations. Let us help you begin this journey with Jesus to find true joy, true meaning, true peace, true happiness in life. Until then, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may he bless you with peace in the name of Jesus. Amen. Have a great day.